Can you give our children and communications director a hand? Rachel, you are fantastic. If you're new with us today for the very first time, let me be one of many to welcome you to New Life Midtown. It is a joy and a delight to have you with us. We are one of eight congregations here in Colorado Springs, and we are so delighted to have you with us. We pray that you connect with God and that you connect with God's people in a very real and authentic and powerful way today. So welcome here with us. Uh, I have the great privilege of inviting up to the stage our guest speaker today. 28 years ago, friends, 28 years ago, uh, 1994, I met this man and his wife, and they immediately became such integral parts of who I have become. Uh, They've become pastors to me. They've been friends. They've become grandparents to my children, and they've been like spiritual parents to me over the course of 28 years. And for those of you who've been a part of Antioch for quite some time, you're no stranger to Pastor Scott and Marsha. But this is the first time that we are having them in the house since we have merged into the New Life family. And I've been chomping at the bit to find the right time to have them come in. And this is honestly, it's kind of a miracle. I reached out to Pastor Scott five days ago. And if you, right? Thank you. I got Fletties over here with previous senior pastors and they're like, oh my gosh, like how is that even possible? These guys are senior pastors at the same church I met them in. In 1994, they're still there faithfully shepherding and tending the work of God in that church and in that city. And I reached out and said, is it even remotely possible that you'd be able to come and preach at our church this Sunday? And guys, within 24 hours, he responded back and he says, we've got tickets. So this is an incredible treat to have the both of you. Would you guys come up? And I'd like, Marcia, would you just even greet the church this morning as well? Would you give them a hand today? What an honor to be here. Oops. That was me. This is, um, this is just one of our most favorite places on the earth. And we love Jade and Christy, Pastor Jade and Christy and their children. And you guys, it's, it's home for us. And uh, we're just honored to be here. You know, God is good. We sang about it this morning. He is good. And his intentions for us are good. And I just want to encourage you in that to believe that God has got something so incredibly good for you. Ask him today to just illuminate and open that up in your hearts today to just believe him for something good in your life. To just open your mind to the goodness and the love of God in a fresh new way today. I'm excited for the word today. I really love this guy over here. I'm happy for God that. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you for having us today. Thank you. And I'm thankful for you, and, I'm, and I am so thankful that you kept this guy out of so much trouble when he was growing up. You really did, and uh, you did a great job of helping to raise him. <laughs> uh, you are blessed to have uh, Jade and Christy Duncan in your lives, and I think, and I know that you know that, uh, but your revelation of that is much more recent than mine. Mine is long-lasting because he is a consistent man. So, for those of you who may be here for the first time and you wonder, "Wow, you know, is this uh, is this you know a, a show or anything like that?" This is through and through um, 
a consistent man in his convictions and, uh, and his knowledge and love and passion for the Word of God and the desire to touch people's lives. So thank you for the call the other day, and I'm glad that God uh, made this work. Thank you. I'd like that. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. Well, I'm excited to be here. I'm so thankful for this opportunity. Let's jump right into this. I know that y'all have been in a series for the last several weeks on the Holy Spirit. So today, this me being here certainly won't be in sequence with the, uh, with the series, but it will fully be in the scope of the series because the Holy Spirit is going to be illuminating key elements of your circumstances, childhood, history, and imagination, gifts, purpose and actions and responses all throughout the service, okay? That's what the Holy Spirit does. And, uh, and it reminds me of my old coach in uh, high school, my track coach, who had this practice of not waiting till I was ready for a race to put me in a race. It was, he'd been training me and he knew that I was up for it. And he also knew that if I jumped into a, a race when I thought I was ready, it would, I'd graduate from high school before that ever happened. So he thought, no, we're going to put you in there with the big boys. And, and he put it, and I would perform and excel each time. And I do know because I know this man's consistency and the people that he surrounds himself with that have the same heart and what he's been placing here, I know that you are ready to be put in places for success that you might not think that you are. And so whether it's starting a new career, whether it's going to college, a new uh, advent in your life, a new advent, whatever it is, get ready because God is going to do some glorious and wonderful things in your life and the Holy Spirit's going to speak. So uh, this message is uh, the introduction is long, the points are short, all right? So I want to, before I get into the points and before I... Start into the introduction. Let me get rid of the heavy spiritual stuff first. Uh, we're going to talk about my favorite memes from the early 2000s, all right? <laughs> so how many of y'all remember Bad Luck Brian? Oh, yay. Bad Luck Brian. Uh, plans his own birthday party and isn't invited. Okay, that, uh, yeah. Or finds water in the desert and drowns. Bad Luck Brian. Eats a lifesaver, chokes to death. It's not good to be Brian. Or my favorite, he asks Siri to tell him a joke, and she turns on the front camera. So that's cold-blooded, sir. I know, but this, this bad luck Brian was a good part of my helping raise my children up. Don't be like bad luck Brian. You know, you are called. You're a chosen person. But if, if life doesn't make sense to you because it just doesn't seem fair, or it, it seems that you were handed a deck that was incomplete, or perhaps you're like, oh, bad luck, Brian, here, or there's just too many glitches in the matrix for you, or whatever it is. Um, it may be that you're dealing what I, with what I call a broken person plate. A broken person plate. And I'm going to give you illustrations of what that means as we go through this message today. But the plate of your person... The dish, the, um, the plate that you have uh, of your person, it might not be whole or complete enough to support all that you are trying to do or all that you were even designed to do. And this is only going to lead to frustration and incomplete and unfulfilled life. 
So today, we're going to focus on this. And you know, when we were praying for the nations and praying just a few moments ago, we were talking about some pretty sorrowful, pretty heavy things that have occurred in our nation and in our world. And those traumas, and from those deep ones like we just talked about, all the way to the annoying ones that aren't so traumatic, but they're just annoying there is a fact about all of them, and that's that today's, uh, today's chaos and turmoil are all just simply the result of a narcissistic and uh, irritated and churlish Satan who continually stirs up the dregs of our circumstances in order for our lives to appear to be ill-created. And he does this so that we will end up getting our hands on our uh, createdness in order to fix or reassign our purpose or role in life. Now, I hope that makes sense to you because one of the worst things we can do is when the designer puts something on the, on, the, on, uh, on the display for that thing that was designed to go, you know what, I don't think that I will function in this uh, as well as the designer thought so. And to get our own hands on it, that's why God devoted a whole, uh, whole scriptures about the, the potter and the, and the pot on the wheel. The vessel doesn't tell the potter but the potter assigns the identity to the, to the vessel. And that's what adds value to it. So God wants us all to understand the value that he's placed on each one of his precious human beings. The value. How many of y'all feel that you have a pretty good understanding of value? Not a lot of hands just went up really quick. Okay, I'm not even going to get into that right now. But I'm sure that y'all have marriage counseling here available, right? Probably uh, available for that. But value, maybe you're just slow on the uphand right there. But uh, understanding value helps us to keep these grubby little hands off of things that we have no purpose putting them on. Have you ever, one of my favorite new commercials here, and I don't know why it's a favorite, maybe because I love Cheetos, but you got this guy talking about his new vehicle, and he's got his buddy in the front seat with him, he's just eating some Cheetos, and you know, he's just got these, and you know, the best part of Cheetos is this part, right? Grubby fingers, right? And he goes, yes, you see, this is my command center, it's a touch screen thing, and the guy's mesmerized, have you seen that commercial? And that guy goes, oh, oh. reaches his hand to touch it, and he goes, Ugh. My command center. Get your grubby, because it's, it's grubby hands. We have, some things we don't have a, a right or any purpose putting our hands on it. It's like, for instance, how many of you, if you had a, your dream car, Lamborghini, Ferrari, whatever it is, a brand new vehicle, and you're driving it, and suddenly a, a strange, not right noise happens under the hood. You're going to pull it over and lift up that hood and start pulling wires, turning knobs and doing stuff? I don't know. You're saying no, but I'm the one who saw y'all not raise your hand when I asked if you understood value, so maybe you would. But what are we going to do? I know one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to let a profession or somebody who knows about it, they're going to put their hands on it. Uh, you let a professional look at it. See, most things that have value to them are identified as valuable, not just common. And this is to keep them from being counterfeited and losing their value. Uh, like a Montblanc pen has a special etching underneath. You can't even get to it without real 
difficulty or breaking the thing. But underneath the clip, it's got an etching that says made in Germany slash metal. And then on the front over here, it'll have a serial number. It's so small you can't even see it. But you know what that does? It keeps this thing from becoming not valuable. And I was talking in the first service about um, my first trip to Cambodia. Uh, in Phnom Penh, I found a place called the Russian Market. And I love it. It's one of my favorite places to go because uh, you can get everything there for very cheap. And the reason is because none of the stuff in there is real. And, but it looks real. It's the best not real stuff that you're going to get. And so there's this little corner booth in there that sells not real Mont Blanc pins. And so, man, it's great when you want to bring something home to your staff. And then you let them know, hey, just in case you want to, make sure you don't look underneath the clip, okay? Because you're going to discover this thing is not real. Anyway, but you get a nice cheap $10 pen and, and just don't write very hard <laughs> with it or anything like that. But the, the, the point in that little illustration is they have no value. As a matter of fact, every one of them that I had is no longer working, has broken, and uh, it was a good little memory. But this sucker just keeps on going and everything is because of value. Now, the interesting thing is that there are five words that are inscribed on God's greatest creation, human beings. Five words etched on human beings that you may not be aware of, but you're going to find out about them today. And we're going to find them in Genesis 1, 28 through 29. And the reason I'm going to show them to you is because I'm not convinced that you know how valuable you are. I'm not certain that, that you understand the incredible preciousness of you. Now, you might feel like the person next to you or the person up here preaching or the person uh, wherever is very special or even in, out there, but there is not one human being alive that does not have these five identifiable words etched upon them. Let's get into them real quick, and we're going to find Genesis 1. Uh, I'm going to read verse 28 through 31, see if you can find these five words. I'm going to read this whole scripture. Uh, then God blessed them, and he said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, and over everything that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be food. Also to, the, uh, to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air um, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now that word, very good, is opposite of what Pastor Jade was talking about earlier when he was talking about the chaos and the trauma that's in the world, the things that bring sorrow. And there's a reason for that. The things that the Lord creates, he creates them good. When they're all working to, when they're all together, it's very good. It's like all of the parts of a car. Only the best ingredients are going to make this Lamborghini. They're all good. We're going to put good, 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 good. They're going to come together, and it's very good. And what that word means is called cosmic elation. 
Cosmic elation is when something is operating according to its function. And that's why when Pastor Jade was talking about the chaos of the world that was going on, and this world was not created to take the lives of children. It was not meant and created to destroy the hearts and the memories and the legacies of families. So that is not good. We need to understand this so we can get into the divine function of God. Now, if you, pay, you might have seen the five words, and I'm not sure if you did, but I'm going to say it to you right now, and then we're going to explain them. And then I'm going to give you two scriptures, then we'll get into this message. Told you it was going to be a long introduction, short message. Okay, these five words etched on God's best creation, which are humans, not found on any other creature or created thing. If you find it, you let me know, but there's not. It's straight from the word of God. And here's those five words. Be, fill, subdued, have, and see. Be, fill, subdue, have, and see. Be. Our existence, our being, he said, should reflect fruitfulness and multiplicity. You are supposed to, as a human being, be fruitful and multiply. Quickly, hear that statement, line it up to the reality in your life, and then find out. And it might be that you go, well, that's not me. I'm the opposite of that. I'm just kind of status quo. I'm kind of maybe slumping. Uh, I'm, I'm trying for me to succeed in anything. I have to have. I have to do some, you know, shenanigans to try to get it. So that's not. That's definitely not me. Why would that be? It may be because you don't recognize it's stamped on you by the Creator. You are valuable. You're supposed to. He wants to. It's not asking. Be what he wants you to be. Second is fill. Our act, uh, where he said, uh, fill the earth and subdue it. Our actions, fill. Our activities and experiences should reflect abundant accomplishment. Fill. Fill. The things you do, should. your house should be filled with uh, expressions of accomplishment and abundant accomplishment, things that you've done, things that, things that reflect glory and for, uh, ref, reflect your identity in God because of the authenticity that he stamped on you. Subdue. I like to subdue the earth. Fill the earth and subdue it. That word means uh, that our achievements should reflect added benefit to our being. Because when he said, subdue the earth, that meant, okay, Adam, you're in a very tiny portion of the cosmos. It's a huge thing, but you're very tiny, but you're very valuable. So what I want you to do is study this world. Start with the animals. Study them and give them names. Find out their function. Find out their cosmic elation. Find out what they were designed for and what they do, and then subdue it. Leverage it for your benefit. Like... And he goes, oh, an ox, that could plow my fields. He's leveraging that. Oh, uh, roots over here, that could be for, for healing wounds that I got while I was trying to get this ox to, to, <laughs> to do what it's supposed to, and I, whatever it is. So leverage the things you learn so 
for your benefit. Number four, have. He said, uh, have dominion over the fish of the sea, uh, fish of the sea, et cetera, et cetera. So have. Our existence should um, be marked by having and not by being had. Anybody ever been had before? Mm. You know what? Don't let that happen again. And when it does, go, ooh, this shouldn't happen because, yep, I got five words stamped on me. I'm not supposed to be had. You're not supposed to be possessed. You're supposed to be a possessor. Have, not had, possess, not be possessed. And three, uh, and five, uh, six, whatever, the <laughs> five, some number, a word, C. That's the one we'll go with, C. Our being should include seeing provision and not hoping for provision. Because he said, see, I've given you every herb. See everything that you have. Don't just hope for it. And some of us, we get there and it's just, I hope that one day I'll be able to do this. I hope that one day I'll have a degree. I hope that one day I will be happy. I hope that one day my family will be together. No, see, he's given you everything that you have need to. So that's your five things that that, uh, reflect your authenticity as valuable. So right now, I want everybody to say these words, no matter how uncomfortable it is. I want you to say, I am valuable. Okay, let's add something. I want you to say, I am really valuable. All right. I want you to make that. You know, it's not just a positive confession. It is a true confession. It's accurate. It's right in the Word. Okay, I'm going to give you two scriptures real quick. The first one um, relates the broken condition of humanity with the advent of Jesus and the church. Uh, in the church's role in partnership with Jesus. And it's found in Isaiah 61, 1 through 3, and it says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal broken, the brokenhearted. That word brokenhearted, when you find it in, in Scripture, it means shattered. It means shattered. It, and you need to understand that because whenever I would read words like brokenhearted, I would relate it from my personal points of reference, which usually were, um, you know, the broken heart that I would uh, experience like in high school or college from, uh, a, you know, a girlfriend or something like that or, you know, having to put a puppy down or a dog down or something that just broke my heart or any of the sad stuff. This is not what it's talking about. This literally means shattered. It means an event that happens, that has such a traumatic event in the life that you're going to have some PTSD and some, tr- some triggers that you deal with. And I don't know if that's you, but I know it's a good chunk of the world. Events happen that a smell, a fragrance, a sound, uh, uh, seeing, it on, seeing something on the news will trigger and bring back the memories. And he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And this is referring a prophetic word in, in the Old Testament pointing to Jesus Christ. This is also the very first thing that Jesus spoke when he stepped into full-time ministry. So this is fully about Jesus Christ. He says, behold, the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me. To preach good news to the poor, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, those that have had events take place in their life that caused some real trauma that they cannot just get over by whatever their, their efforts are. Also to proclaim liberty to the captives 
and the opening of prisons to those who are bound. That, re- that represents dealing with the consequences of the event that caused the traumatic event, that caused the breaking or the shattering. Uh, verse 2, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of God. That's dealing with the scope and purpose of the church age because the, the acceptable day of the Lord is when Jesus showed up and the day of the vengeance is when he returns in that time frame is called the church age. So right there with that scripture, we see God is inviting us to partner with Jesus to heal the nations, to touch people who've been broken and are shattered. Do you know anybody who's had their life shattered? Anybody right now know anybody who has experienced a brokenness, a shattering? And I would like to see your hands. I don't want to just see the, the passivity here. Yes, we know it. And it's important that we acknowledge this because it puts a square in the middle of the church age scripture right there partnering with Jesus and we have opportunities every day Uh, to comfort all who mourn I love that part of it the anointing is on Jesus and on the church therefore who have his spirit in us now to comfort all who mourn that talks about the magnitude and scope of his ministry All, every single person who has ever been shattered, ever been broken, no matter if they serve another God other than the Christian God, no matter if they voted for somebody different than you for for a president, no matter where they live, what they believe, how, how irritating you think they may be, they have those five words stamped on them, and every single one of them, Jesus has sent us and came to provide comfort to them. Wow. And then to console those who mourn in Zion, talking about the reestablishment of the Jewish identity, nationality, dignity, and purpose as firstborn sons of God, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness and the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And that all refers to God's plan being fulfilled thank god that he's invited us to be a part of that even while we're the ones who also share in that brokenness he just doesn't sit there and wait for us to get it all together before he allows us to start touching now that was the scripture about that relates brokenness uh to christ but i like this scripture and we'll use this to to support then the message uh this scripture relates to the plight of those who are actually broken And it's found in David, and I loved how Pastor Jade was talking about the purpose of Psalms is, Psalms is the book that is the most emotional of books in the Bible, and the whole reason is so expression will be added to the reality of events in life. And he says this, reproach has broken my heart. I've been shattered. What's he talking about? Oh, probably a lot of stuff that had to do with Bathsheba, had to do with Absalom, had to do with all sorts of stuff and mess that, that, that David went through. And he says, all of this stuff has shattered me. It meant I am among those who get triggered when I see this or when I uh, experience this. And I'm full of heaviness to the point that I've looked for someone to take pity, but there was none. I've lo- That's what a broken person do. We look for someone or something 
in someone. If, if it's not getting comfort in my marriage, then, hey, I'm going to go and find it outside of my marriage. I'm looking for somebody. But that doesn't help, does it? That just brings more shattering. Well, then I'm going to look for something to bring comfort over here with an illicit substance or, or a behavior, and none of it works. He says, for, uh, uh, but I looked for something to comfort me, but I found none. Now, these scriptures establish the foundation for one of the most interesting topics that I've ever encountered, and that is the experience of human brokenness. And so we're going to plunge into this today. I'm going to give you this message that I've just called Shattered to provide a point of reference for our intended, for our mutual intended purpose and original self that God created so we'll be able to identify and recognize our shattered self. So if I can see what I'm supposed to be and I can see how far I am from that, then I can begin the convergence application, all right? So point number one, we start life, every one of us, we all start life with a clean plate. We all start life with a clean person plate. Second Peter Chapter 1, verse 3, I love one of my favorite scriptures. It says, His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His glory and virtue. So not only are we created with that Genesis stamp of authenticity, the be, fill, uh, subdue, have, and see, but we are also given an empty plate that is completely intact and fully capable of handling all of the physical realities, life, and all of the spiritual realities, godliness, that we might ever encounter. And believe me, we, we encounter stuff in both of those realms, don't we? Stuff comes our way physically, and we may not be aware of the times it comes spiritually, some of us, you know, but the more you get involved with Christ and the more you know, man, those things will come. But the thing is, is our person plate is capable of handling and supporting and sustaining everything from both realms, and I thank God for that. Our plate, our person plate, is actually so perfectly engineered and capable of, capable of handling the entirety of our purpose that the only hope of derailing our purpose is for Satan to try to weaken the integrity of the designer. So like, for instance, better homes and garden. <laughs> Dishwasher and microwave safe. May become hot and microwave. Made in, ah, there it is. There's a, made in China, okay? So now all I got to do is attack and bring discouraging thoughts towards the creator, and now, oh, nobody's going to go and purchase one of these things unless they're preaching about it, you know. Who's going to do that? That was made in China. That's what the devil does, and that's what he's always been doing. He's always attempted to discredit the creator or the designer. Hadn't he always done it? Didn't he do that in the beginning? Has God really said? Thank you. The rest of you who aren't married to me, Hasn't the devil always used that ploy? He will use it for you. Oh, yeah, really? Because he wants to bring questioning your mind 
about the creator. I mean, you've, you probably know people right now that you never thought would leave the church. Well, why did that happen? Well, there's a complicated answer to that, a full answer, but a lot of it is because the devil takes advantage of so many social and cultural situations that he wants to do that and stir it up quickly and happen so quick so he can say, you see, this is God's fault. Would God really, really want to marginalize these or really want to do this? He'll always do that because by attempting us to participate in behavior that will bring devastating results, he can apply that shattering to our person plate because he didn't do it. Matter of fact, he can't touch us or shatter us. He can only seduce us into damaging behaviors. We do things that bring damage to this thing, okay? That's point one. Point two, we start with a clean plate, but point two, we never receive more responsibility than we are able to handle successfully. Some of you might question that right now because you feel like I'm not successful. I got even a few things and I, I can't even handle that successfully. It's not because God has been unfair to you. Let's pay attention to a few things. Let me go to uh, Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 and 15, a scripture that I preached on a, a lot, a little parable that uh, we can extract so many things from, but something just shot out of this that applied to our person plate. Let me read it. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. On a journey. And the scripture that uh, jumped out to me, the part of the scripture that jumped out was that word, own ability. I used to always focus on the talents and the behavior and the character of the people that received the five, the two, and the one. And we look at the one and go, oh, he was just kind of a, you know, a loser kind of guy. But let's look at this own ability, that word. God gave the five, the, four, the, five, the two, and the one because he knew the five could handle five. He knew the two could handle two, and he knew the one could handle the one because he said, I gave it to them according to their own ability. That's a really strong word because that means that they didn't need to acquire anything else to be able to handle what was given them. They already had it. You have everything that you have need of to manage what's been given you and placed on your person plate, whether you think so or not. And let me qualify it by this statement here. If we fail to accomplish our purpose, and I know that we've all fallen short of that, no doubt. I know few people that from the time they were born and they got on the track and they knew what they were going to be when they grew up and they succeeded and went. I know few people like that. Failure is a part of it. But if we fail to accomplish our purpose, it can only be because of poor character such as laziness or rebellion and undeveloped soul qualities. Jade, we're through. Message done. I'm faithful. <laughs> Set the timer. No, I'll tell you, it's going to short message. We'll start heading that direction. We're the ones who are responsible to learn how to make our bed, how to tie our shoes, how to feed ourselves. If we don't, we go through life lazy and rebellious. 
And as we do those, it leads to the next step and the next step where we get a little better and more and stronger. We are all able to handle everything that's been put in our person plate. Even the things that God gives us to put into our person plate is designed to produce smashing success. You are supposed to succeed. You're designed to succeed. This isn't just one of those positive messages. I'm not a name it, claim it person. I'm not one of those persons that just sits there and tries to speak the good to you. I acknowledge the fact that there is some really serious, messed up, jacked up stuff in this world that will bring real trauma to even to the elect, even to the, the strongest, even to those that have a full, gracious, powerful understanding of Christ. The devil is a bad devil, and he knows how to get into the system. So we, I'm so, I, but I do want you to know in spite of that, you've got these five things inscribed on who you are, and you are given a full plate, a capable plate, and God will never put more on it than you can handle. And if something's going on, there's got to be a reason. Let's find out what it is. Because point number three, and then we'll bring this to a close. We are designed to overachieve. We're designed not only to succeed, but to overachieve. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 and 11, 8 through 11. God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Woo, so full. Because I don't, <laughs> the thing that sticks out to that might, in somebody's mind might be always having all sufficiency in all things, having abundance for everything. Have you ever just wondered, man, I just don't want there to be more month at the end of my money. I want my money to go all the way to the end of the month. And when your money ends out before the, before the month, you're not thinking about having abundancy and sufficiency for every good work. I don't want to do good works for other people. I want to do good works for my family. I want my family to feed. I don't want to be nervous and worried about the next stages of this month. But this says that for all things, God is able to make all things work towards us and abound towards us. Verse 9, as it's written, he's dispensed. Uh, Let me go to verse 10. Now, may he who supplies seed to the sower, bread for food, supply and multiply the need you have sown, the seed that you have sown, And increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. All of this produces thanksgiving and glory to God. Well, since the design of this plate, our person plate, is flawless. Since it is designed to handle everything, the devil has to be able to do something. Satan can only introduce questions about the creator he can only introduce things that will bring trauma and bring fracture to our person plate the only thing the thing that is designed to carry all the things that identify with who we are and our success and what we're supposed to be whether it's going to college whether it's becoming a mother or father or whether it's to, uh, to reach the nations or whatever the devil is not able to touch you but you know what he's certainly going to do he's going to try to introduce to you some events he's going to introduce to you and to your family some things that bring trauma that make it hard because a broken person plate isn't as effective as this thing is it if this had all the peas and mashed potatoes on it uh, that, I, that I love to eat and it had a big fracture in it, guess what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to be trying to, I'm going to be eating peas off the floor. Not really. 
Introducing traumatic events into our life is Satan's game plan, and it has been since the beginning of human history. Because when that happens right there, when that situation occurs, instantly my life has changed. Because when that happened, my calling, my five words that say who I am, that didn't change. My purpose, it didn't change. The responsibilities didn't change. God didn't suddenly look down with compassion and go, he's not able to do this. So I'm going to exempt him. I'm going to exempt him from, from being satisfied, happy, fruitful. I think he's, he understands that he's just going to struggle now. That didn't happen. But you know what's going to happen? I'm sitting here with the same calling all my life, and I'm going, oh, my gosh. Okay, I've still got this, but now besides trying, I've got to keep all these things that are my identity and the things I've got to do, but I'm also trying not to cut myself. I'm trying also not to hurt somebody else. I'm trying not to cut you. I'm trying to manage it, but you know what? It's getting harder and harder because it might have just broke once, but suddenly something else happens and it fractures again and again and again, and we just end up walking and dropping, walking and dropping and cutting and bleeding and crying and getting frustrated. Can anybody at all in this place relate to anything that I'm saying here today? Because this is the common experience of not just you in here, but every single person that you know or ever will come in contact with. This is a very broad situation. We are so narrow-minded in the church often. We so just focus on the real close, but as Pastor Jade's heart has expressed and as he even said today, we reach out to those that even the church has neglected to bring in. We're supposed to, but this is what keeps us from doing it effectively. See, getting Eve to behave carelessly opened the door for that first trauma to cause relationship lost with God. Boom. Relationship lost with God. Lost livelihood as they were banned from the garden. Lost marital bliss. Lost marital trust lost innocence all of these things are fractures in a person plate aren't they with a fracture in each of Adam and Eve's person plate they could still function in their calling but just with more difficulty just like with you some of you are trying some of you are trying just with more difficulty and I hope before you get to that state where you cash it in and say no 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 more that you'll hear this message There's people that they get to that place and they will go to extremes because it's painful. You know the reality. Even if it means uh, taking their life or bringing self-harm or harming somebody else, which, you know what, when we talk about the traumas that happened over the last uh, weeks in the nation, it all stemmed from this. Somebody, somebody had been fractured. Somebody had been fractured and they just couldn't hear the message in time and maybe that's because of us getting Cain to lose control of his temper to the point of becoming not only the first murderer but the first brother killer that was the second trauma and this didn't just shatter Cain's person plate but I want to remind you that it it put more fractures in Eve's plate it had already been fractured from that first thing but this was her boy her boy's She just lost a son to murder and another to banishment and exile. Adam, the CEO and the king of the world, 
He lost two boys in his hope of raising the redemption of mankind with them. So his purpose as steward of the earth was shattered. You know what? Here's the hope, though. With all of this shattering the person's plate technique that the enemy developed, it proved to be so effective that Satan never saw any reason to develop another primary mode of operation. That's bad news for Satan and good news for us. It makes the gospel mean so much more. Jesus is the gospel. He's the restorer of our shattered lives. Jesus is the good news. And Jesus is going to Costa Rica. Jesus is going to Uvalde. Jesus is going to Buffalo. Jesus is going to California. Jesus is going to Colorado. Jesus is going to Texas. And he's doing it through vessels who are hearing this message and will re-preach it because they're going to experience the wholeness. I'd like you, if you would, now do this. I'd like everybody, if you would, just, um, if you get close, if you're alone, if you're by yourself, just get close enough at least. I'd like everybody to hold hands with at least one person. But I'd like hands in hands right now. Hands in hands is a really important thing, especially in a day where for years, a couple of years, we've been uh, pushed away from that. And I think that was a ploy from the devil because that human contact is really valuable or important for us to understand our value. You're important enough for somebody to touch your hand right now. Now with your hands held, I want you to close your eyes so every distraction will be removed. And I want to pray for you, and then I want to invoke that psalm, that uh, Isaiah 61, and let you be the prayer. Let you be the ones, because you're the ones who are anointed by the Spirit of the living God. <laughs> Father, I thank you, Lord, for touching those that are broken. I feel and sense your presence here so strong. Father, we confess and express, Lord Jesus, that there's been fractures, not just in these individuals or any individuals here today, but throughout our nation and different states. Lord, it is confusing. It's overwhelming. It's too much for our human hearts and emotions to contain, Lord. That's for it's just another fracture. But Father, we heard the good news today. We received the good news. We received the gospel. And Father, we received the healing, the kintsugi, the healing of our brokenness, Lord. Just as the Japanese developed the kintsugi, taking the gold and sealing and fusing the brokenness together so the original plate looks even more beautiful and more functional than it ever was. Father, see our brokenness and apply the blood of Jesus and heal it. Father, for you are better than gold. You are better. You are better than it all. Heal it. Seal it. Bring it together and make our person plate whole. And Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. And now, Lord, let your anointing, according to your word, rest upon this body as they begin praying. So if you've been shattered, if any of this is real in your life and this touched you and you know that there's been traumas in your life, uh, that uh, any of that relates to you, I want you just simply to squeeze the hand of the person next to you. Do it real quick. Squeeze that hand. And then if your hand was squeezed, you two together lift your hands up right now. Lift your hands up. Look at that. Thank you, Jesus. Holy God, I thank you. Now, right now, the 
anointing is flowing. You're holding up. You're a partnership right now. I want you to begin praying as the one that's in in, in Isaiah 61. Begin praying over that person next to you right now in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, the Spirit of the Lord is upon these people. Father, to preach the gospel to them, to release them from the broken heart. Father, to heal the shatter in their heart. Father God, to proclaim to them the good news and to proclaim to them acceptable year of the Lord and the vengeance of the Lord. Father God, to remove their brokenness, Lord Jesus, to renew their identity. We speak their identity over them for they are not counterfeits. They are not less. Father, they are to be. They are to fill. They are to subdue. They are to have. And Lord God, they are to see the provision of the Lord in Jesus' name. Now would you just give him praise and say amen. Thank you for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity to be here today. Thank you, Jay. I love you. God bless you. Church, will you you stand this morning as we invite our ministers at the table to come forward? Dusty, I have a verse. It's in 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and verse 19. Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and verse 19. I want to read this to you, and I want to read this over you. The scripture tells us, for you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from your brokenness. It was not with perishable things, such as some kind of monetary currency that you were redeemed from the shattered moments of your life. But look what the scripture says, verse 19, but it was with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. The only reason why this message that pastor preached to us today is remotely possible is because of what Christ has done in his life and his faithful death and in his glorious resurrection. And today we come not just to celebrate that and remember it, but we come to reenact that and reinstitute that in our lives by the Holy Spirit. So I want to invite you to the table this morning. You can exit on the left. Hear and receive the pronouncement that this is the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. And we will all receive this together as a family. You may come to the table, church.
For those of you who are aware of the church calendar, you may you may be reminded that we are still in Easter tide. Easter tide extends from the 50 days from resurrection until the day of Pentecost. And it's in the resurrection season that we're reminded that we serve the God who makes all things new. We serve the God who raised Jesus from the dead. We serve the God who looked at impossible situations and stared death in the face and overcame. And today, as we stand here, we recognize that the same God who raised Christ from the dead, His Spirit dwells within you, and He makes all things new and whole. In our lives, in our family systems, and even in society as a whole, because of the sons and daughters of God who are revealed. So friends, on the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took bread as he sat with his friends and he broke it. And if you would just break that wafer in your hand as a picture of the body of Christ, which has been broken for your wholeness. And he said, friends, this is my body. It is broken for you. Take and eat. Let us receive the body of Christ. After they had eaten the bread, he took the cup of the new covenant. And he said to them, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. It's not a covenant of legal transaction. It is a covenant of mercy and grace. A covenant that God himself instituted. That said, I'm going to do the work for you. To pardon you. To cleanse you. To sanctify you. To redeem you and to make you whole. And friends, in the liturgy of the church, there is what is called the prayer of absolution, which declares over us your sins have been forgiven by the blood of the Lamb. Let us receive the cup. Will you just take a minute, lift up your own voice of thanksgiving to the Lord. God, thank you. You are at work healing and restoring and making all things new in our lives and in the world. Thank you for your goodness and your kindness. Thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus who has redeemed us. God, we're thankful that the Spirit is at work. Slowly but faithfully, the Spirit is at work. Friends, will you join Erin as she leads us in the doxology of praise today? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And friends, before I invite any of you who would like to receive prayer from our altar team here, I'd like to pray a, a prayer of blessing and commissioning over you. Jesus, when he was resurrected from the dead, showed up to his disciples and he said, in the same way that the Father sent me, I'm sending you. We're now responsible for the revelation of the truth that's been proclaimed. We're responsible to go now and be carriers of this word of hope and healing to the people that are in our sphere of influence. 
And so my prayer of commissioning is the same prayer that Pastor Scott preached from in Luke chapter 4. So if you just open your hands and receive this today. I bless you today, church, to know that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you because He has anointed you to proclaim good news to the poor. And He is sending you today to proclaim freedom for the prisoner and recovery of sight to those who are spiritually blind and to liberate those who are oppressed and to proclaim that God's kingdom has come and it has begun, which is the year of the Lord's favor. So go forth today in the spaces that God has called you to inhabit, in your home, in your neighborhood, in your place of vocation, and may the Spirit of the Lord be upon you and anoint you to do all that he has called you to do as faithful witnesses in the earth. In Christ's name, amen. God bless your new life, Midtown. If we can pray for you in any way, our altar ministers are here. Have a great, great Memorial Week.